Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. If you have been here in the last uh, two or three weeks for the very first time and you are wondering, who is this joker? I'm your pastor. Man, well, we're good to have you. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for a little bit of time off. I, uh, I did have surgery while I was gone. I uh, had my septum fixed and my tonsils out. Uh, I, was, I had some really bad sinus issues and I was snoring. And frankly, uh, my wife and I don't believe in divorce, but I was a little concerned uh, that she believed in murder. And, uh, and so I, I was snoring so bad she wasn't sleeping. So I just, I could hear her sharpening knives at night. And uh, so, so we got that taken care of. So thank you. I am still a little bit um, kind of nasally sounding, which she has reminded me and made fun of every day. Uh, and so I hope that'll go away. But if you are new and you're wondering if the high voice that's kind of like, dog pitch that's that's never going away that's my actual natural voice so uh get used to that um uh hey i just want to i want to time out for one second here uh 15 years ago this week my wife and i moved to bastrop in river valley uh this is my 15th anniversary of this church and being your pastor and i want to say it has been one of the highlights of my life i love this church thank you so much I, uh, I, I, I expected great things, and, and God has, has done amazing things. So thank you, guys. I, I really, uh, it, it, is tr- it really and truly is an honor uh, to be here and to be your pastor. I don't take it lightly, and uh, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about where we are going and what we are doing. Uh, I didn't, uh, as I left for, for my summer break, I, I didn't have a sermon for this Sunday uh, because I wanted to tell you this is what the Lord has told me in the last month. And so that's, that's how I, I did it this summer. So actually the next two weeks, I'm just going to be uh, telling you this is what God showed me. This is where uh, I am in my life and, and see if that speaks to you. So today we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, which most of you are like, yes, that's my favorite book of the Bible, right? So let's be honest, you're going to the index right now, all right? So, so go halfway through your Bible. You'll probably be in Psalms or Proverbs and go just a little bit more to the right. You should be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. This week, uh, my wife and I will will transition. Uh, On Wednesday, my son moves into college, and we will be empty nesters. Uh, And so, absolutely, absolutely. He survived. It's it's good. And so, so we're going to move him into college and and, uh, take, and and I've been thinking a lot about that over the last uh, probably six months of just what does that look like? I mean, it just, it feels like a very big milestone in the sense that uh, our life is going to change. Uh, uh, For some ways, uh, we're going to miss him. We're going to miss, our daughter is a senior in college, and so we've had a little bit of transition there. We miss him. I mean, you can tell uh, those moments, like there'll be times where we're all playing in the living room, or they're wrestling, and we're having fun. Ah, I'm going to miss that. You can tell there are other times where you walk in, and you can see everywhere they've been, because there's a mess. Uh, You're like, hey, I'm not going to miss this. Go. Uh, so so there, there's this transition that, you know, honestly is happening in my life. And so uh, I, that's, that's what the Lord spoke to me about. 
in this time is, is what does it look like in, in my life to come? And so I want to teach you some of the things uh, he's taught me and, uh, and see if it, it applies to your life. So Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Solomon is writing uh, wisdom literature. He's writing about life and what it means and, and uh, some of the ways that he's pursued life and what he thought was great uh, is not. And uh, this is a, a very... Uh, yeah, interesting passage of scripture. Probably, if you know anyone in Ecclesiastes, you know this one. Uh, if you listen to uh, uh, 60s rock music, you will remember the birds to everything turn, turn, turn. That's it's actually a godly song. And uh, so it's from this passage of scripture. So who said amen? I love you. Yeah, way to go. There you go. There you go. You know, uh, it's it's. It's tough when they play your favorite songs on the radio and they're like, hey, oldie station. No, 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 this is a classic. It's wonderful. So here we go. So, all right. So Ecclesiastes chapter three, we're really going to concentrate in verse one, but we're going to read all eight uh, verses. There's an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones, a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to, to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Lord Jesus, help us to understand the occasion, the season that we're in, and the activity associated with that so that we may bring you glory in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. So this verse, uh, verses 2 through 7, are examples of what he's talking about in verse 1. There's an occasion for everything. There's, there's a moment, there's a season for your life. You are in a place in your life. You might be transitioning like I am in, into a new place, but there's a season for everything, and there's an activity or things that you should be doing that are associated with that season. And so I want to break those down individually, and then I want to bring them together. Let me give you um, some things that I felt like the Lord showed me about the seasons or the occasions in our life. What's, what's the occasion coming up? It's, it's not just a one-time deal. It's, it's, hey, because of this, this occasion, you graduated high school, you got married, you had children, your children left, you retired, you got a new job, whatever that occasion is, that brings about a, a change in your life. So let's, let me give you some, some uh, ideas about seasons seasons first. Here's a great one if you are here and you have not lived well. So the first, uh, the first thing that I've thought about with, with uh, seasons is if you mess up, you can catch up. God's grace is good. Amen? I mean, I, if this is, this, I'm going to build on this uh, throughout because you want to get to basically the end of your life and say, that was a good life wasn't a perfect life, and I didn't do it perfectly, but what a good life I lived. The problem is, is from time to time, we can really mess up a season, and you can't skip that. You can't harvest until you plant, so you can't skip a season. You have to catch up on it. Now, I want to say this about that. If you are young, especially, and you're like, I got time, it's no big deal, it's harder to catch up. So don't rely on this, go, oh, it's fine. You know, don't do that because it is much harder to catch up. Let me give you an example, uh, my favorite example. My sister 
uh, dropped out of high school, uh, and by her late teens, uh, literally was living on the street and was a drug addict. Uh, and, and not, I mean, bad. Her life was a wreck. She, uh, uh, I visited my sister in prison. I, uh, it's just, it's just a, a, a crazy life that she led in her late teens and early 20s. Uh, when she did go to prison, she did find Christ, and uh, it was a real and true encounter. Uh, she loves Jesus today more than I do, I think. Uh, I think sometimes she's like, I can't believe you're a pastor. Uh, so she loves Jesus. She also um, uh, lives in uh, Oklahoma. She, uh, she, she works, she is an IT consultant. She works for a, a, a defense contractor that, that does uh, uh, the work on the B-2 bombers. And so my sister like checks into a, a, a separate building every day, has to leave all her phones and everything. Has, and she does IT work for that. And so when you have a sister that you visited in prison and then you're thinking, she's protecting us. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big jump, isn't it? And it's, it's, it's about a decade and a half. And so it's a great example of you can catch up. But the, the, the example that I want to leave you with is what it costs her to catch up. She, she had a GED, and she went to work, and she had to, she had to learn IT from the ground up. And, and uh, she was working full-time while she was doing that. She didn't go to school full-time. She was working full-time, and she would not eat lunch. And she found a, uh, in her building that she worked at, she found a, 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 like an old storage room. No air conditioning, no, no heat. It was blazing hot in the summer. It was freezing in the winter. And she would go there every day for her entire lunch and study for years in order to get that. You can catch up in your life. And so if you find yourself this morning and you're like, I've, I've messed up. I've re- okay, let's, let's repent. Let's turn around from that. But God can do something really great. But you're going to have to work hard and dig in. But it's, it is a lesson of a season. The next lesson of a season is every new season requires new knowledge and new habits. New knowledge, new habits. So uh, we are about to be empty nesters. So I read a book this summer on being an empty nester. And, uh, and so when Melinda and I were going to uh, go and we're going to talk about that. And what, what does that look like? And what does that mean in our life? And how, how it's a new season. Now, from time to time, I will hear people messing up in their current season, and they'll say, well, I didn't know. I just, I didn't know any better. I'm going to be just real, real blunt. I'm going to go dad mode here for a second. That is the lamest excuse in the world. In our day and age, in a knowledge environment that we live in, to say I didn't know is incredibly, incredibly lame. It's unbelievable. You can learn anything. I mean anything in our world by just YouTubing it. Every single one of you has had something break. And you go, well, how do I fix that? And I mean, it's not just a general sense. You're like, how do I replace, uh, you know, this part, the flux capacitor on a, uh, you know, 1984 Dawson, Dotson this, you know, gold color. And there's somebody going, hey, how today? Today I'm going to tell you how to replace that flux capacitor. And you're like, okay, you plug this in, you do this, you get 1.21 gigawatts, and here we go. I mean, that's all you do. And you can learn anything. I mean, it, so, so knowledge is out there. Knowledge is absolutely out there. And you need to learn in those seasons because you've never been in this season before it's a new season you you need to learn in that but you also uh the, the the problem that we have with a lot of people is is we learn a lot but we don't apply near as much 
So, so you have to have good habits with that knowledge as well. And you've got to do new things if that season is going to be successful. We'll talk more about that in about the 20s. Number three is be careful of the lie that the season is supposed to be easy and fun. We have, we, especially in Christianity, we have sometimes heard a lie that's like, man, you are a child of the king and it's just, it's better and just going to get better and better and you're going to get healthier and stronger and more rich and better. And, and, and when we believe that and then all of a sudden it doesn't go well and you're like, I don't like this. That's, that's no, look at what the verse just said. There's, there's a time to rejoice and a time to mourn. There's a time to plant and a time to reap. We want, we want the laughing. We want the dancing. We want the reaping. We want all of those things without the other side of that. And it just it doesn't happen that way. In fact, the Bible describes in Christianity, Mark chapter 4, uh, the parable of the sower. There's one type of seed that grows up very quickly, but it doesn't have a root system. And so the soon as distress comes in, as soon as hard times comes in, as soon as things don't go well, it withers and dies. And it's going to go bad from time to time it just is all every every season is going to be that way there's going to have those moments in them uh the last one is maybe specific towards towards empty nesters but you'll miss the blessing of a season if you continually mourn the the loss of the last season now you should mourn i i fully anticipate having a moment of of pause and reflection and sadness when I come into an empty house uh, with, with, without children there. I, I anticipate, and that, that's normal and good. But when you live in that and you are continually missing, uh, you, you know, last season, then you miss out on, on the amazing things that God has for you in this season. Man, I, I, I miss that. I miss them. I miss, you know, I miss the, the youth and the energy of my 20s. I, I miss those things. I, I miss uh, the early days of this or how it's this. Or I miss being a mom or dad on a continual, regular basis. That's good. That's, that's okay. But to continually live in that, you're going to miss out what God has for you in this season. And he has some amazing things for you. So make sure that you... Uh, frame it up correctly. Now let me give you one, uh, one thought on activity and what we're supposed to be doing in every season. Here's my thought on activity. Uh, it's this, it doesn't matter what you want. It only matters what you do. It doesn't matter what you want. Now I'm a big goal setter. Right? In fact, I've taught I, a lot of years, I'll teach a seminar at the first of the year on how to set goals. I love goals and that's what I want. But goals don't fix anything. Ever. Well, I want to have a great marriage. I want to raise great children. I want our finances to be in order. I want my, my job and what I'm doing to prosper. I want my spiritual life to flourish. That's great, but it matters what you do. If you sit there and wish and pine and think and dream and set goals, but you don't put activity to those things, then you will not succeed in the next season. It is about what you do. For every occasion, there is an activity. There is something that you should be doing during this season to make it successful. And it is literal activity. It is, it is uh, the way you think and how that applies to how you act. We've got to learn to do certain things. And so what I want to do for the rest of the sermon is I want to give you some very broad, very practical, here's what you should be doing in different seasons of your life. And you can find yourself in these seasons. We're going to go 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. 
and we're going to find out where are you. And these are broad, uh, and <clears throat> it's not like, you know, the day you turn 20, you're like, oh, okay, I'm in my new season. You know, and the day you, you know, turn 30, oh, it's, it's not that. There's, there's give and take, but you will see yourself in these seasons, and I want to show you what, I'm going to give you a word for each season of what it's like. Some of them uh, I've lived by experience. Some of them I haven't yet. I've read quite a bit on this and listened, uh, especially a very, very wise pastor that I follow who's uh, now in his 80s and listening to him. And so, but I want to give you uh, every season of your life from your 20s on and what you should be doing in that season. So let's start out with the 20s, with the 20s. Uh, the, the word for the season of your 20s is direction, direction. You are going to, in your 20s, <clears throat> you are going to figure out where you're going to end up. That's, that's the way it happens. When, when somebody uh, gets divorced in their 40s or gets a, a heart attack in their 50s or, or something great happens in their 60s, it's because they made wise directional choices most of the time in their 20s. And they work towards that towards a long period of time. Or they didn't. You decide on the direction in your 20s. So <clears throat> how will you live your life? Who will you live it with? What will you do? I mean, all of these things. Think about, I mean, 20 years old and you are making directional choices that we, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50. Uh, you can feel the, how much that changes who you are, how much that changes. And it oftentimes, what's scary about it is 20-year-olds don't realize they're making those decisions, do they? Uh, they, 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 they don't. They go through life, and they, 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 they enjoy it, but they don't see, sometimes see the seriousness of their decisions. And so you've got to learn where you are going in your 20s, and you've got to make a, a constant decision of this is where I want to go. So if you're making that decision, let me give you two words of activities. Two words of activities for your 20s. Learn and grow. Learn and grow. We talked about it a second ago. Knowledge and habits. You're not done learning if you're done with any of your education. Doesn't matter how far you went. You could get your doctorate. You shouldn't be done with your education. You should continue to learn and you should continue to grow. But in your 20s, it's incredibly important because we send you out with the basic building blocks that you need uh, outside of high school in order to uh, go out and add to those things. But if that's all you have, you are insufficient for life and you need extra things. And the, the temptation of when you're 20s is you're good at one. You're good. You're like, I'm good at my job. I do. I work hard. I do. Fantastic. That's great. And you should be. And you should learn and grow in your job. But that doesn't translate into being a good family man or a good mom or a good whatever else. You've got to learn in all of these areas and continue to grow if you want to succeed. So that's what you should be doing in your 20s, is you should be siding on a direction. This is the type of person I want to be. This is where I want to end up. This is what I want to do with my life. And these are the things that I need in order to get there. Thank you. I appreciate that. So that's what we're going to do. Now let's talk about our 30s. Your 30s, the word is complexity. Do you remember your 30s, some of you? I, I, it, it got, I, I think about, I'm, <coughs> when we moved to uh, River Valley in, in my early 30s, I remember thinking like how complex life got. 
All of the sudden, it was houses and children and jobs and finances. And all. it, it got, you, you remember thinking, man, if we could just get out of diapers, you know, not me, uh, or our kids, okay? Uh, uh, and if we could just get, you know, then, then that would be so much, it would be so much better and we'd have so much more money. And then all of the sudden, you, you, you're like, how do we have less money? And, and how do we, you know, how, how do I have more things? And, and, then, and then you have a girl, and, and they, uh, they just, they cost so, so, so much. Uh, it's just crazy. And, then, and so, so it's expensive. It's an expensive time. You, you have so many things, and it's very, very, very complex. It just is. So what activities should be doing? Number one, you should be organizing your life. You should be organizing your life. Too many people just take their life as it comes to them. Just whatever happens. And, and, and you, you cannot do that with the complexity of your 30s. This is the time where you have to get a budget. You know, almost all of us. This is the time where you have to uh, decide and get schedules for your children. I love schedule. Man, I love, I mean, it was like, oh, ding, it's your bedtime. Uh, why? Because we said, you know, <laughs> it says it in the Bible. You can't read yet, but it says it. Uh, those type of things. And so... <laughs> You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to get organized in, in, in your life. And, and that means a lot of, of, of talking with your spouse because they do things better than you. And so you're like, okay, you kind of take the lead on this and I'll take, the, and you do this and, I'll, and you've got to get organized. But you've also, the second word is edit. Edit. You've got to cull some things out of your life as well. Because the complexity is going to get more when you add in so much. When you add in, you know, well, like, it's a great time to start a hobby. Probably not when you're 30s. Your hobby is probably going home. Uh, that's, that's it. You, you know, it's, 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 not, it's just not that time of your life. And so, so you've got to edit your life and be like, okay, we're going to organize these things and everything else. We're just going like, to let go away and, and not do as much because it, it, it takes away from the very uh, essence of what we are going to do. If you do these early stages, and, and frankly, if you do these early stages well, I teach this when we, we, we talk about children and raising children. If you do these early stages well, as far as children go, it's managing from there on. You add a little bit here and there, but it's, but it's not fixing problems that have developed late. You manage what's already happening. And so it's, it, it does kick in your favor, but you've got to do those 20s and 30s well. Uh, your 40s. Um, the word is Preparation. And this is kind of, that's kind of a weird word because, you're, you know, you're in middle life. And that's exactly where you are. You're, part of your life will probably end in your 40s. Your, your children will leave. You will, you will get to that middle part of your life. And so you are preparing for the second half of your life in your 40s, even while your children are still at home. I remember um, uh, writing in a notebook on a plane. Mel and I were on a trip. Uh, when I turned 40s, and I, and I wrote new life goals uh, in my 40s because I could see, hey, this, this thing is going to end. Like, this, you know, this part of our family life is going to end. And, and what do I want to see in the second half of my life? And so you're preparing, uh, even while you're finishing up the first half, you are preparing, Lord willing, for the second half. That's what you ought to be doing. So two words uh, for your second half are, number one, assessment. You need to take an honest look at your life and see what you're doing well and where you need help. 
It's a time of great assessment. It's a time of acknowledgement of like, hey, I'm not doing great here, and I need to shore that up. We're, we need to fix these areas because the second half uh, is going to be built on those. So you need to assess. But number two is mastery. Mastery. Whatever you're doing in your 40s, you should be really good at. You should be good at it. You should be a great parent in your 40s. You should be a great spouse in your 40s. You should be a great worker in your 40s. You should see your, your finances start to kick in your favor in your 40s. You should see... Now, it doesn't mean perfect, but it does mean that the way that you operate within those things is going well. And if it's not, it's the time to assess, okay, it's not, and why, and fix those things. Because you're, you're building for your second half of your life. Those same, those same instructions that we give to the 20-year-olds, like, don't do this, and don't do this, and, you know, don't mess up your life this way. We, we ought to give to, to, to ourselves at 40 and say, make sure these things happen so that you've got a strong foundation for the second half of your life. Your 50s, I am, uh, I'll turn 49 this year, so this is what the Lord has been teaching me about this season. Um, your 50s, the word for the season is contribution. Contribution. If you did your first half well, Lord willing, there will be a lot of things that will kick in greatly in your 50s. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, and so... It is, it is a time of great, great contribution. You ought to be, uh, it's that time where you ought to be uh, at, at the peak of, of your skills as far as your job. It's the time where, where you ought to be, uh, you, uh, you have great contribution uh, as your children leave to, to pour into their life because they're still learning and they, they want to hear from you. It is a time of incredible, incredible things happening. And so the word uh, that I wrote is kind of the same. Uh, the activity is harvest. Is harvest. In your 50s, you should harvest greatly. Now, I want to be careful of the word harvest. Uh, my, my granddad was a cotton farmer. Uh, out in West Texas. And uh, uh, if, if we were going to have a, a, uh, a family Thanksgiving, then what my granddad had to do is make sure and get the cotton up and make sure and get it ginned before Thanksgiving. So you start in November and it's a rush to get it all done by Thanksgiving so that you can have a little time off. So harvest is not a time to sit back and do nothing. And I hope that encourages you with me and your pastor. It's not a time for me to sit back and go, watch this, this is about to get awesome. All right, it's not that at all. It's a time for me to dig in. I have more, I'm going to have more time. And I'm going to put a lot of that within River Valley. And I'm going to work harder. And I'm going to work better than I have before, Lord willing. And we're going to work this season very, very hard. That's what you have to do in a harvest. But what's fun about harvest is hopefully you've been working hard all along, but you see results. You see it work. You see things happening. So you're planning in your 20s. So planning is no fun at all. I mean, you plant and then nothing happens. You just water it and wait. But in your 50s, you're seeing things come about. You're th seeing things. I truly believe uh, that in the, the next years of River Valley, you are going to see us grow tremendously. Tremendously. We have put, I mean, 15 years worth of effort into uh, getting this place and, and getting our people and getting our finances and getting our uh, building and getting all of the, you know, reputation in such a place that people can come in and really and truly we're going to experience a harvest. Lord willing, man, we're going to see a lot of people uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ in the next years. And so we're going to work hard at that. Your 60s. 
The word, uh, the, the, the season is horizon. Horizon. Now, again, I grew up in, in West Texas, so very different uh, from uh, the hill country that we're in. Uh, I was shocked when we moved here. My, uh, my kids came from West Texas as well. We were shocked. They were like, Dad, what are those tall green things? I was like, that, those, those are trees, son. And, uh, you, you know, and they were like, what's that? And I was like, that's a river. Said, what is in there? Is that water? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just nothing out in West Texas. And so, but it makes for amazing sunrises and sunsets because you can see forever. I mean, you, you can. You can just see forever because it's super flat. There's no trees to obscure it. Every once in a while, there's a cow. That's it. I mean, it's just... And when you think about sitting uh, in a flat place like West Texas, you can see the horizon because you can actually see further than the curve of the earth will allow you to see. So it looks like the, the, the world just ends because the curvature of the earth goes down, but you can see farther than that. And so in your 60s, what you're doing is, is some of your life will end. You can, you can see it coming. You, you'll probably retire at, at some point. You're at least thinking about it. And, and you've, you've got, this, you've got this, this curvature, and so that's a horizon. But now you've got to decide, okay, you know that the world doesn't end right there. You know that it keeps on going so that when you get there, what are you going to do? In your 60s, you need to decide that. It might be the third act of your life. Maybe you, you've become so successful in what you do in your job that you're going to continue do, to do that. That's fantastic or, or some sort of capacity. That's what, what I hope I will be able to do. I do plan on retiring at River Valley, but I don't plan on quitting ministry. I want to help young pastors be successful uh, in their life, and that's, that's what I'm, I'm working towards. So, so what's that, that halftime uh, that you can do in that second half of your life? That's, that's the decisions that you have to make in your 60s because they are going to come. And so the, uh, the words uh, are, are uh, number one, decide what are you going to do in that horizon spot where you retire, if you retire, and how you retire. And then number two is guide. You have tremendous, tremendous influence in your 60s, probably the greatest influence that you will ever have. Lord willing, health-wise, you are still young enough that, that uh, you're able to do lots of things and you have success that's just right behind you that people can see, you can guide well. If you are in your 60s, I encourage you to be looking to people to pour into in whatever you did in your life. Not just your professional life, but your marriage, your children, finances, all those type of things. And ask for God for opportunities and he'll, he'll bring those to you so that you can guide people. But you've got to decide how you're going to do that in your 60s. This is, this is going to be my, my second half. This is going to be, I've retired now. Now here's what I'm going to do. And so you've got to decide that. Your 70s and beyond are the last one. The word, um, the word that was given to me, I didn't write this word, but I love it, is savor. Is savor. My hope for you is that you live a life in your, in, in your 70s and Honestly, the way things go today, many of us are going to live way into our 70s, 80s, and 90s. My granddad lived to be 94. He was the, he was the only surviving member of all of his high school. When he was a freshman up to the seniors, and then when he was a senior all the way down to the freshmen. So seven years of class, he was the one who lived the very longest. And so you might live a long time. Don't you want in the last days for you to savor? God did amazing things in my life. God did, and he's still going to be doing it, but God did amazing things. What you don't want in your 70s is to live with regrets for your 30s. 
or to live with shame because of how you acted in your 20s or whatever else. Our 70s ought to be years of savoring into doing that. Two words to do that. Number one is impart. It's different than guiding. Imparting is I'm going to pass on. I'm going to give away. You give away your resources. You give away your time. I mean, you, you literally pass on what you do in your 70s or, or towards the end of your life. And the other one uh, is, is honest, is loss. The other activity is learning to deal with loss. When you are in your 70s, your friends start to die. People around you, you death is, is, is normal in that time in your life. Uh, also, loss of control. You, you don't work anymore. You, there, there's, there's loss that comes with that. And Mel and I have, have talked a lot about this. We have a lot of, uh, my, my wife, uh, her family grew up in uh, Louisiana. And so they all married in their teenage years. My wife, when she was 13 years old, had her great-great-grandmother. When she was 13, she knew her, I mean, she, we waited till like 22 when we got married. And they were like, why did you wait so long? You, you know, that kind of thing. And so, I mean, but she knew these generations back and back and back and back and back. And you and I are going to find ourselves in that way. Man, let's make sure that we impart to the next generation our values and our Christianity. Let's make sure that we live a life of generational Christianity. What's cool about my, my uh, wife's family is uh, she knew her great-great-grandmother, and, and, and uh, she went to church with her. She went to church with her. And we've seen our great, uh, uh, Mel and I have seen our great-grandparents uh, pass away in the last 10 years. And we've seen how they, you know, there's many of them have done it so well and so honorably. And so, man, you're, you're just, you are, uh, I remember sitting down with her great-granddad and listening to his stories. He fought in war, he was in World War II in the Navy. And it was just, it was so rich. God, thank you for the, the, the inherited testimony of my, my in-law family that I received. Thank you for that, Jesus, that when he is lost, he's now in heaven. But God, who he was carries on through me. Now, some of you need a new season. Some of you really and truly, I mean, you come in and your life is just bleh. It's bad. I mean, it's, it's, let's be honest. I mean, there are people who come to church not because they're like, man, everything is going perfect. There are a lot of people who come to church and go, we need something. Our life is, is out of control. You can see it coming. That's a great, great thing. Did you know that the Bible says that you can start a new season right now? Right now. That you don't have to wait to turn to your 50s. You don't have to wait till someday far off in the future for some event to happen, your kids to leave or you to get married or whatever else it is. That right now, let me show you a verse. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone, you, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Look, the old has passed away and see, the new has come. That's a fantastic verse. The things that you bring in that are not of God, the things that you bring in that are consequences of sin, the things that you bring in that are shame and disappointment and guilt and anger, those things, those can be gone. Jesus can take those away. And then look what he says. He doesn't just say, I'll make all things new. He says, look, see, you can see it. You can see when people truly give their lives to Christ. Because in the early days, they're, they're, they're like young children, just boo, 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 grow, 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 grow. Now they're walking. Now they're talking. Now they're, you know, it's just all, that's the way it is in Christianity. You can see it. 
You can have a new season today. If anyone is in Christ, what happens? The old is gone and the new has come. Let's pray. If you are here today and you say, you know what? I don't like my life. I don't want this life anymore. I've been the captain of the ship, and frankly, I've run, I've run my ship aground. Or, even better, I can see that I'm going to do it. That's even better. I know where it's heading, and it's not good. <clears throat> and I don't want that. I don't want that. If you will be in Christ, what does that mean? The only way to be in Christ is a proper relationship with him. You don't have Christ as your buddy you don't have Christ as, as, as just this kind of like, oh, just fix it in my life. You have Christ as Lord. He is the God of the universe. And he rightfully sits on the throne of heaven. And he wants to sit on the throne of your life. And the only way to do that is for you to be in Christ. For you to say, Jesus, I don't want the throne of my life. I don't want to be in charge. I want you to be in charge. And you believe in this power to instantly change everything. How? Through the resurrection, Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was buried in the tomb. Jesus came alive at the end of his, uh, at the end of three days. It's the power of resurrection. The old is gone. The new has come. And he brings you into that power of that resurrection. You can give your life to Christ right now and walk out with a brand new season. Ask Christ to come into your life right now. Acknowledge, I've, I've, I've been the captain of my ship and I've run the thing aground. It's just, it's not what I want. It's not what is best. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be the captain of my ship. Jesus, forgive me through the cross. Forgive the, the old. Forgive the baggage. Forgive the sin. And Jesus, give me new life in Christ through your resurrection and your power. It is a new season for you if you do that. All of the way uh, through our lives, any of us that listen to this sermon, you're going to be challenged some. I mean, none of us are batting a thousand. None of us are living this perfectly. Maybe for you today, you're like, I got to get back on track. I've got to, I've got to really and truly see my life uh, through the lens of eternity and see my 30s through the lens of my 80s. And I want to make the best decisions today to live for Christ tomorrow. And God, God allows restarts. God allows grace to forgive you and set you free. You can do that right where you are. God, I acknowledge the ways that the thoughts, the actions that I've been just sort of drifting, a little bit off track. It's pretty common in the summer, actually. We get kind of lackadaisical on a lot of things. But God, help us to be back. Help us to be full of your power and your spirit. We love you, Jesus. Let's stand. Let's worship. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. 
You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.